Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. New York parents, please take notice. The government and the educational establishment in the state of New York have fully embraced left-wing gender ideology and have taken drastic steps to impose it upon students, faculty, staff, and administrators in schools at all grade levels. On June 12th, the New York State Education Department, or NYSED, released a new document entitled Creating a Safe, Supportive, and Affirming School Environment for Transgender and Gender Expansive Students, 2023 Legal Update and Best Practices. The stated purpose of the document is to help public school administrators continue to take proactive steps to create a culture in which TGE, non-binary, and intersex students feel safe, supported, and included. This 42-page document reads like an excerpt from a dystopian novel like Brave New World or 1984. Think we're exaggerating? Think again. Here are some lowlights from this document. The section on terminology contains definitions of 26 different terms, including terms like cis-normative, gender-expansive, misgendering, and queer. The vast majority of these terms have no foundation in New York law. In fact, it is not entirely clear where they come from. The definition of gender identity is particularly illuminating. One's innermost concept of self, how one perceives and identifies themselves, including but not limited to male, female, trans, transgender, queer, non-binary, gender non-conforming, or gender expansive. Gender identity can exist on a spectrum where some individuals feel entirely male, some entirely female, some somewhere in between, some a blend of both, and some neither. One's gender identity can be the same or different from their sex assigned at birth. Gender identity is a mental, emotional, and spiritual state which is not determined by a person's external anatomy. End quote. In the section on understanding gender identity, the document asserts that the individual student is the sole person who will establish their gender identity. Furthermore, the document indicates that it is essential that schools accept and respect a student's assertion of their own gender identity. There is no age or grade level limitation on this instruction. In other words, if a first grader insists that he is transgender, his school must respect his self-identification. Schools are instructed to look favorably on damaging transgender medical treatments performed on young people. The document notes that some students may express readiness to reinforce their social transition with medical treatments. School personnel may provide an affirming space for TGE students to share opportunities, challenges, and aspirations for the future, including medical transition. Efforts to assist transgender students do not involve parents unless a student gives his or her permission. If your child is presenting himself as a member of the opposite sex in school, you can be kept completely in the dark about that fact. Students must be addressed by their preferred names and gender pronouns. According to said, it is against the law not to do so. This requirement forces Christian teachers to lie about students' names and gender identities, regardless of their own moral beliefs. Teachers are advised to continually affirm the student's self-identity. Doing otherwise would cause stress and emotional harm to the student. 
Furthermore, the document asserts that everyone should share their name and pronouns at the beginning of each school year, the start of meetings, and regularly throughout the year. The document includes the following example of how schools should handle issues with names and pronouns. Here's an example. A school sent their student roster to the yearbook company in the beginning of the year, but then had a transgender student who changed their name mid-year. The school took the initiative to reprint all yearbooks with the correct name. A chart featuring examples of gender pronouns includes non-binary pronouns like zay, here, and zir. School personnel are encouraged to avoid addressing students as boys and girls and are advised to eliminate gender-based policies, rules, and practices that do not serve a clear pedagogical purpose. Schools are encouraged to phase out single-sex gym classes. For guidance, school personnel are advised to consult diversity, equity, and inclusion and accessibility staff. Transgender students must be allowed to use whichever facilities they prefer to use. The privacy and safety of students of the opposite sex is irrelevant. Under the Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act, or GENDA, also known as the Bathroom Law, a school may not request that a transgender student use a single-stall bathroom because of someone else's concerns. In other words, if your teenage daughter is uncomfortable with a teenage biological male who claims to be transgender undressing or showering in her presence, or if she is uncomfortable undressing or showering in the presence of that same biological male, it makes no difference. That male can see your daughter naked. If transgender students ask their schools to change their student records to reflect their stated gender identity and affirmed name and pronouns, schools should honor such requests. Schools are required to follow mind-boggling rules about transgender student records, privacy, and confidentiality. According to the Albany Times Union, the Board of Regents offered enthusiastic support of the update at Monday's meeting, and Regents members said they need to do more to change the minds of the community and at school board meetings. There are parents actively fighting against what we are doing, said Regent Shino Tanakawa. We cannot be complacent. We have to fight this in every sphere of influence we have influence in. Well, when it comes to transgender issues in New York schools in 2023, three things are completely clear. First, parental awareness of their children's so-called gender identities is optional. Second, the privacy and safety of students who are not transgender is irrelevant. Third, any perspective that does not affirm transgenderism is dismissed. New York schools are determined to inundate New York students with a barrage of evil lies about sex and gender. Christians, especially Christian parents, have a responsibility to love our neighbors by countering these lies with the truth. And that isn't the only education-related story in today's program. If you thought that the priorities of the state were upside down in pushing this transgender agenda, then you'll be just as troubled by this next story. It is no secret that the COVID-19 pandemic wreaked havoc in education. The learning loss suffered by students who were deprived of in-person schooling is well documented. Given this reality, it would seem obvious that schools and parents should take decisive action to remedy the situation by getting students caught up on the skills and knowledge that they missed. Unfortunately, however, some New Yorkers have a different idea. Dumb down the state tests. 
Earlier this year, a scoring committee informed the New York State Board of Regents that it would be necessary to reset the scores on New York's Math and English Arts, or ELA, tests in grades 3 through 8. A member of the committee stated that students' 2022 test scores, many of which reflected post-COVID learning loss, would be used as a new baseline for future tests. Similar changes are planned for the Regents' examination in U.S. history. There is nothing new about the dumbing-down trend in American education. The results are obvious. In February, the New York Post reported that in New York City's community colleges, 47% of students who had graduated from New York City's public schools needed remedial classes because city school kids are being shoved through an educational revolving door without truly learning. Maintenance of high educational standards is a pro-family issue. Parents whose children receive passing marks on state tests should be able to rely on those test results to mean something. It's also a good government issue. New York taxpayers pay more for public education than the taxpayers of any other state. Accurate test results are needed so that taxpayers can evaluate whether we are receiving an acceptable return on our investment. Educational dumbing down is nothing more than a face-saving effort by politicians, bureaucrats, and school administrators to conceal the sad state of public education in New York. And turning a corner, let's talk about the state legislature. On June 9th, the New York State Senate adjourned. The state assembly followed suit on June 10th. Unfortunately, however, Albany politicians are not finished inflicting their ill-advised policies on New York's families. The Assembly is expected to reconvene in mid to late June to wrap up some unfinished business. The 2023 regular legislative session was notable because of two related situations. The lateness of the 2023-2024 budget and the frosty relationship between Liberal Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul and the leftist-dominated legislature. Both realities may have been a blessing to New Yorkers this year. Because the budget was more than a month overdue, the left-wing legislature had limited time to pass damaging bills during the post-budget portion of the session. Also, the friction between the executive and legislative branches may have prevented some left-wing priorities from being enacted. Overall, the legislature was much more assertive this year than it typically had been under the iron grip of Governor Andrew Cuomo. Other major news stories from this year's session include the passage of Hochul-backed changes to the state's controversial bail laws and the state Senate's historic rejection of Justice Hector LaSalle, Governor Cuomo's nominee to the post of Chief Judge of the New York Court of Appeals. Unfortunately, during the waning days of the session, the Senate and the Assembly passed the so-called Clean Slate Act, which will require the state to seal convictions if a given ex-convict has stayed out of trouble with a law for a certain period of time. Governor Hochul is expected to sign the bill into law. Upon their return to Albany later this month, members of the Assembly are expected to consider the following bills. A bill allowing Governor Hochul to enter into a compact with the Seneca Indians that could include the creation of a Seneca-owned gambling casino in Rochester. Low-cost health insurance for illegal immigrants. A bill to make it easier to overturn wrongful convictions and legal protections for abortionists who provide abortion-related services to out-of-staters via telehealth. Continuing in this vein, Albany politicians have made an art form out of sneaking controversial bills through the legislature during the waning days and hours of the legislative session. By doing this, they can often avoid public scrutiny of their corrupt proposals. 
until it is too late to stop them. Of course, this approach to policymaking is the opposite of good government. This year, three election-related bills were rushed through the legislature before the session came to a close. All three have given rise to strong objections. First, the legislature passed a bill that, if signed, will require that some county, town, and village elections be held during even-numbered years. Democrats claim that this bill is a cost-saving measure that could enable more elections to be held at the same time. But according to the Buffalo News, Erie County Republican Election Commissioner Ralph Moore contended that the bill would cause higher-profile federal and state races to drown out attention to local elections. Furthermore, the Buffalo News noted that the bill could help Democrats by driving higher turnout for local elections. Second, according to the Gotham Gazette, the legislature passed a last-minute bill to bring a new form of universal mail-in voting to New York. The New York Early Mail Voter Act would let all voters mail in ballots during the nine-day early voting period. While Democrats contend that the bill will enhance voter turnout, Republicans decried the bill as an insult to the New York voters who rejected a 2021 constitutional amendment that would have legalized universal mail-in voting. Third, the legislature passed a bill requiring constitutional lawsuits about election laws to be brought only in four Democrat-dominated counties. Albany County, Erie County, New York County, Manhattan, and Westchester County. The marvelous ways in which this legislature seeks to protect itself and incumbency never ceases to amaze. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate, Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.